see if I recall the old football line, which I've heard on television many times. It just says, are you ready for some football? All right, if you're a football fan, hopefully you're ready for football. But that's not what we're talking about here. We might change it to, are you ready for some school? Are you ready for some yearbooking? And that's the purpose of this feature. So I say welcome or welcome back to the Yearbooking Report podcast. If you're a newbie here, great to have you. My name is Scott Easy. I am starting my 23rd year as a representative for Jostin's Yearbooks. I work what I call the woods, central and northern Pennsylvania. And I started my journalism career way back toward the end of high school in 1981. So hard to believe 40 years in journalism now, which is a main reason that I do this job. And so in this particular feature that we do every month during the school year, we bring you some interesting information, ideas, insights, and so on, make you think, maybe challenge you, or at the very least, bolster your efforts for your yearbooking this year. We say yearbooking, not just yearbook. Yearbooking covers a lot of ground, but essentially it's just storytelling. And so hopefully you get some really good information from this episode and from our series in general. Now, of course, we're coming off the most difficult school year ever. And we can make that claim. We can all make that claim, right? Most difficult school year ever. And it was a challenge. It was a challenge just for basic education. It was a challenge for yearbooking. A lot of yearbook advisors really struggled out there last year. All, it doesn't matter where you are, all over the place. All levels, college down to elementary school, all of them. And now here we are, we're starting a new school year. Now, depending on when you're listening to this, your school year has already started. For some folks, uh, they don't start till after Labor Day, depending on where you are in the country. And of course, all of us right now are still thinking, okay, what's this school year going to bring? Because if I assume you pay attention to news headlines, it's been a little rough lately. I know there are some places that begin school in early August. I'm thinking, I believe, Georgia, maybe South Carolina, some southern states, maybe some other places where already, as we record this in mid-August, here are the stories, back to remote learning, schools closed, COVID, 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 ugh. And yes, that's how we all feel, right? Ugh. And so for our yearbook duties, of course, we're thinking, oh man, are we going to go through last year again? My thought is probably not, but let's see what the fall brings. But how do we have a great effort this year? Recently, I caught up with my new friend, Emily Hockenberry. Now, last year, Emily was a rookie advisor at Tawanda High School in Tawanda, Pennsylvania. That's in what we call the northern tier of Pennsylvania. And first off, there were a lot of rookie advisors last year. Maybe you were one of them, all right? Record number. And this year, there might be another record number of rookie advisors, as a lot of folks either kind of threw in the towel after last year, or some veteran folks have said, I'm out of here, or they're retiring, and so on. So there may be another significant number of rookie yearbook advisors this year. And you're looking at this task and thinking, oh, man, how am I going to do this? Well, Emily probably had some of those same thoughts about a year ago this time, and she tackled them. And she and her yearbook staff, with some difficulties last year, created what I con consider to be the best yearbook in their school history. The best in school history. It took some time. They had some hills to climb. But at the end, they absolutely thrived. 
And I thought, you know what? I want to talk to Emily and find out how she did it. And that's the purpose of this episode. So I tell you what, if you don't already, you might want to pause me here for a moment. Go grab a pad and pen because Emily is going to share a ton of ideas, some inspiration, some insights. Here's one quickie. Now, she was a rookie advisor last year. Emily was not a rookie teacher, all right? She's been a veteran teacher. And one of the things you'll find out in this episode is she applied some of what she knew from other classes with her yearbook group. Smart idea. But even if you're a rookie advisor and a rookie teacher, be prepared to get a lot of tremendous ideas and some inspiration to help you and your staff not only just make a book this year, but also excel in making your book and your effort this year. This is a great episode, so get ready. And we'll start off by meeting Emily. All right, first off, Emily, we're starting off a new year with a, a really good topic, I think. So welcome to the Yearbooking Report, and I appreciate you joining me today. Well, thank you for asking me to come. It's a pleasure. Folks, I'll tell you what, now to be fair, and this is weird, all right? Emily and I work together. All right, I am her yearbook representative. Emily is starting her second year as yearbook advisor. And of course, last year, we all know about last year, don't we? Um, at least where I live, where we live in central and northern Pennsylvania, there was a no visitors policy last year. So even though Emily and I have sort of collaborated on some things, I have yet to meet this woman. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I have oh, yet man. to meet Emily. Now, Emily, real quick, right off the top, we're, we're doing this here in mid-August. A lot of schools, at least again here in Pennsylvania, they have to come up with a so-called health and safety policy. Yeah. Now, am I, am I even allowed to come visit you? I mean, do you even know that yet? I don't know that yet. Um, I'm pretty sure that there's still a no visitors policy, but um, I'm really not positive. I'm a little bit out of the loop because it's been summer, you know, and I haven't been in the building. I haven't heard any changes to those policies. So I'm not even sure if you're going to be able to come visit soon. Oh, oh my gosh. All right. Well, your yearbook rep is saying, would you find out? <laughs> Just let me know. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. And Definitely. I expect it might be something similar in many parts of the country, at least in September, October, we'll see. But anyway, Emily, yeah. let's start with something about you. All right. Uh, yeah. Introduction, kind of tell us about yourself. You know, okay. you know, are you from Tawanda originally? What do you teach? I know you don't just teach your book no. um, and all that sort of um, thing. Tell us about yourself. Well, I'm not actually from Tawanda. I'm originally from Jersey Shore, Pennsylvania, outside of Williamsport. Um, I grew up there. Um, went to college at a little college in Western New York called Houghton College and ended up at Tawanda probably within a year of graduating from college. I've taught here since 2009. Um, for 10 years, I taught um, 11th grade English, which is American literature. Um, I taught creative writing. And then in the last few years, they added intro to drama to my list because I also direct our spring musical. But um, I'd say primarily a lot of my job is just writing. Like I, I, most of my classes are very writing focused. Even my intro to drama class was a script writing course in a lot of ways. But I did not have um, any journalism preparation when I got this job, when I got the yearbook advisor position. I've never done anything like that before. Hmm, very interesting. All right. Um, I should know this. Did you guys have a spring musical last spring? Well, we did. And it was, not, it was so 
different from what we usually do. Um, my intro to drama class actually wrote a about a 40 minute movie um, and we did it over Zoom. So the characters were talking to each other in a Zoom call um, and we recorded all of our singing um, through our soundboard in our auditorium. Um, we made music videos and we made a full length hour and a half long movie that was like a movie musical review. So we had lots of songs from lots of different shows. It was a, an adventure in learning how to do something that none of us had ever done before. So we had a musical, but it was not a normal one. It's called um, The Longest Night, a Black Night Musical Review. And you can watch it on YouTube, the whole thing. It's free. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Now, a quick note, these folks, their mascot is the Black Knights. All right. So they're yes. the Black Knights. All right. Don't think black, the other kind of night, like, oh, no, it's doom and gloom and all this other stuff. No, no, no. Nothing like no. that. I'm just, did you have a lot of viewers? We had one, we had a little, a tiny showing in June where we invited the cast and their family to come out um, to an actual showing. I haven't looked at our view count recently, but it's way more than it would have been if we had like a traditional four show weekend because, you know, people can watch it anywhere and anytime they want to. So it's pretty awesome. All right. Now you were a rookie yearbook advisor last year. Yes. Now I want you to tell the truth. All right. Fess up here. Okay. Was this a situation where you volunteered like, yeah, I'd like to be the yearbook advisor, like you raised your hand? Or was it more the principal coming to you to say, you're going to be yearbook advisor next year? Tough luck for you. Which one was it? Well, it was more the second one. <laughs> first, um, I wasn't, I, I, that long list of things that I do, I got, I, I was not looking to add any more to that, but we had a retirement in our department, um, the lovely uh, Phyllis Elaine McNeil, uh, and we needed someone to step in and I was up, but you know, it, it makes sense to have me do it because I do love teaching writing and there's a, um, a lot of writing and a lot of creative energy in um, yearbook and I do a lot of creative things like um, in addition to all the stuff I listed I also do our video news program um, so we, I've, I've got lots of um, lots of creative juices flowing all the time so it doesn't really surprise me that they were like uh, you you do the yearbook. All right. So in other words, Emily, you're like probably 90% of other yearbook advisors out there is more like you're doing it. That's the way it goes. And it sounds like you wear about 12 hats. Yes. It seems like it grows all the time. The hats. <laughs> like which hat am I wearing today? I don't know. Anyway. Hard to tell. Um, okay. Now let's take a look back at last year. Mm -hmm. um, again, last year, of course, was the year like no other. So let's go yes. back again. We're doing this here in mid-August. Let's go back to August or September, whatever, of last year. And then think about the entire year because okay. I, I, I'm trying to remember the situation with your school. Sometimes mm -hmm. you were in, sometimes you were remote. There was the hybrid stuff. There was people coming in and out and all this other stuff. How did you, I mean, what was it like working with the kids on the book last year with all of that chaos boiling around was definitely challenging but with anything new you know you don't know any different so I um that I've never done a yearbook without that chaos so it's kind of normal to me now we started out the year um we started out the year in school I don't think we really even got sent home for fully like virtual until 
around Christmas time. So I had kids in and out of my classroom who would get quarantined and then come back. Um, but for the most part, we were pretty consistently inside the building. Um, it was it was rough because I had certain kids who were virtual the whole year and they were doing all of their work from home. So they had to get really good at contacting people and doing the legwork electronically. And, you know, that's not every kid's strong suit. So um, there was a lot of like figuring out how to motivate kids who were completely away from me. They were, they were never in my presence. It was a lot of figuring out how to get them to meet deadlines and um, actually reach out and talk to people. Um, but uh, again, I, I didn't know any different. So it was stressful, but it was, I couldn't look back on a, on a previous year and go, oh, I wish it was easy like that because I just didn't know, you know? All right. Now you hit a key word there, motivate. Right. And you and me and, and probably every single yearbook advisor out there, I mean, all of them had a motivation problem at times, not themselves. Well, maybe sometimes maybe themselves. But I'm thinking getting the kids motivated to just work. I mean, one word I heard way too often last year, and I'm fearful for this fall, is the word apathy. I heard that word over and over and over again. Scott, we can't get the kids to work. Scott, the kids aren't motivated. What uh, Your book is awesome, all right? What did you do to motivate these kids not only to just make a great book, but to make a great book with the situation that we were in last year. Well, it helped my class. I had a pretty big yearbook class. I think I had 21 or 22 when I started, um, which is a pretty big class for Tawanda in a lot of ways. But um, I had most of those students the year before as juniors because the class was almost entirely seniors. I think I had three juniors and four juniors in the whole class. So I had almost every kid the year before. I knew them. I knew um, what motivated them the year before. Um, I knew which ones were focused on grades and which ones were focused on creativity. And it really is like just a lesson in getting to know your kids because um, you can't motivate people that you don't know. You have to know your audience in that sense. I do think um, I carried a lot of the um, academic uh, deadlines that I um, use in my regular English class. So I took a lot of the things that I do in my regular English class and transferred it to yearbook class, like, you know, having hard deadlines and using a process for writing and, you know, doing these check-ins with their writing and with all of their work, like, um, because I, I think that they expected it a little bit to be a free-for-all, like it has maybe been before sometimes, um, but I'm a very, um, I'm very focused in class. I like to see everybody busy. I like to know what everybody's doing. Um, I like to make sure I know where they are in their page and in this project that they're doing. So um, it really is work intensive for me to motivate them. And I, and I there's, the, there's really no secret in some ways. There's no like magic bullet that I could give people other than you got to get to know each kid. You got to get to know um, what makes them tick a little bit um, and what pushes them forward. Um, and then you've just got to grind it out every single day. I, I, I don't want to make it sound like it's not fun because I do think it's fun. But um, with a big project like this, I think kids um, can get lost with a, a, a big project that has a, a large end, end game. You know, they, they can't see um, long term like that. So to have someone every day going, 
where are you? What are you doing? How can I help? Who can I help you reach out to? Like, who have you spoken to? Have they gotten back to you? Like just um, the constant work of checking in and being with them in the process and not really just leaving them to their own devices. I think that that's what did a lot of it this year. Emily, you sure you were a rookie advisor? Are you sure? Because that was perfect. That's exactly, you know, I'm assuming we're going to have a good number of probably brand new advisors listening in here. What everything that Emily just said is right on the mark. Uh, Starting with the one about there's no magic bullet. I mean, every school is different. Every yearbook staff is different. Every yearbook is different. Sometimes, and again, Emily, I've been doing this for over 20 years. You know, folks want me to hand them a sheet of paper with this is how you do it. Boom. It's not quite that simple. Because yeah, every group, yeah, you mentioned that you had a very senior heavy group. Yes. Um, I've had other situations that are the opposite. There might only be a handful of seniors and a lot of underclassmen. Those yeah. are those are two totally different animals right there. They, they oh really my gosh, are. yes. They really are. Um, because juniors, they haven't quite reached that point where they're like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the end stretch, you know what I mean? Like, I'm thinking this year I have more underclassmen, though, so I'm going to have to deal with that whole different animal this year. Now, I'm just curious. Um, normally, there's a little something called senioritis that hits, oh, about the holidays or thereabouts. Oh, yes. You had that last year with your group? Yes, our winter page pages did take us a little bit longer than I would have hoped um, because I was just trying to get people back after break and get them back into the groove of things. That is also when we had most of our shutdowns and like right in that area. And I will say it did affect kids. They were, you know, bouncing around and feeling out of place and out of sorts. And so it was kind of hard to get them back into the groove of it, but you know, we made it. I I'm really proud of those kids because they fought it a long time. I'd say the senioritis wasn't a real problem until we got to June. We had two weeks in June and those kids were just like, I don't think so. I don't think this is for me anymore. We still, by that point, we had so much done that it really was just finishing touches when they lost steam like that. All right, now folks, I've got a one word uh, piece of advice. When you hit a situation like Emily just described, the one word is food, food. You're not bring, wrong. <laughs> bring food, they'll come in. Oh yeah, big pizza. Oh, okay, I'm there. Trust me, folks. Food always works. Food. Anyway. Write it down. We're going to get into some of the nuts and bolts about how she and her group tackled their job last year. They had some struggles and challenges, but they got past them and produced just a terrific annual yearbook. We'll find out how they did it here in just a moment. You know, just recently I came across a line, actually an old line, that says, those who tell the stories rule the world. Now there's some debate on where it came from. The number one seems to be the Hopi Indians, Native Americans from the southwestern part of the United States. And if you look at that line, those who tell the stories rule the world. Yeah, there's some positive and negative connotations in there. On the negative side, think about so-called propagandists. All right, those folks that, uh, you know, bend, twist the truth, sometimes just outright lie. And they just keep telling these stories over and over again. And unfortunately, sometimes they start to stick. 
Well, let's not go that route. Let's take a look more at the positive side of things. Those who tell the stories rule the world. Well, that's our job as yearbookers. We are storytellers. And when we say rule the world, we're talking more, I think, about remembering the world, remembering what the school year was like, remembering what the year was like. Again, think back to last year, arguably the most memorable year ever with all of the challenges we had to deal with. Now we're coming into a new year. And especially for those rookie advisors who might be listening, make it your number one goal this year. Tell the stories. Because that's what people really want to read and see and what they really want to remember both now and, of course, many years from now. A lot of folks, especially students, overlook the fact that we're not just making a yearbook for this year. We're making it for life. We want to know what was it like in your town or city that particular year? What was it like in your school that particular year? Who were the people in your school that particular year? What were the highlights? Maybe what were the lowlights? What were some other lights? Something I've thrown out to kids for many years now, I've thrown out the challenge to them. I've said, it's not just what stories are you going to tell, it's how many stories will you tell. Think about it. Every single person in your school has some story to tell. Something. Could be big, could be just small, might just involve them. And some folks might say, well, who cares about those stories? Well, it's important to that person, isn't it? And everybody would like to be remembered. So as you approach and start your job this year as the 2022 yearbook, Remember that, those who tell the stories rule the world. And what do we want people to remember about this school year? And it could be in the book. It could also be in other ways. And of course, social media is the big one there. Hopefully your yearbook staff already actively uses social media, maybe literally every day during the school year. At the very least, maybe a couple times a week. Very quickly, for any Johnston schools listening, if you don't know about this already, contact your Johnston's representative and ask them about Johnston's Social. This is a brand new social media engine. The idea is to create lots of terrific material that you can easily use on your own outlets. If it's Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, you know, TikTok and other different ways. You know, sometimes you might struggle like, gee, what are we going to put on there? Well, Jostin Social is a tremendous engine to help you constantly create great and creative material, and it's easily at your fingertips. If you're an advisor, you're thinking, oh boy, this is too much for me. Um, believe me, I'm an old guy. I can understand that one. But trust me, you have at least one student on your staff that would love to do this. Find them, probably more than one. Jostin's Social. Once again, contact your Jostin's representative for more information on that. Right now, let's get back to more The Nuts and Bolts with our friend Emily Hockenberry. All right, now let's turn the clock back a year. All right, okay. you're starting out as a rookie advisor, but again, you're starting out with a group that you've never worked on your book before. I'm assuming yes. we have a good number of rookie advisors listening to us right now. What were some things you did right from the start, like in the opening weeks, to make sure you set the tone for probably the rest of the entire school year? Right. Well... We came in and we got started right away. Like there wasn't a, a period where it was kind of like the getting to know you period. We jumped right in with both feet and started um, looking at Yearbook Avenue. 
together and going through those J class videos and going through all the resources. I mean, because I was so new, I didn't even, I didn't even know how to like prepare a lesson, um, teach them how to do anything. So yearbook Avenue helped me so much. It was like my go-to spot to figure out how to do basically everything. However, I'd say um, what got me to Yearbook Avenue was actually the classes that we routinely did with you. I mean, I think you taught me to do yearbook while you taught my class to do yearbook. And now um, as a second year advisor, I feel so much more confident because I actually sat down and went through all those resources and kind of learned the rules for yearbook. Now, I, I can't say that our book follows all of those rules that I learned, but like those guidelines were uh, just irreplaceable in my process because I had no idea what I was doing. So to learn how to write a journalistic piece, to tell a story that way, to learn what the rules are for photography, because I'm, I'm not a photographer. Oh, I know nothing about visual art. So to kind of like learn the basics of what good photos look like and what good layouts look like. I mean, that between you and Yearbook Avenue, like you really set me up really well to have a very good year and a strong book too, because otherwise it would have just been me kind of like figuring it out with the kids. And oh man, I can only imagine what a mess that would have been um, just with all the chaos in place as it was when we started last year. Well, Emily, I'm blushing. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm on the other side of the camera here. We're on Zoom, of course. I'm blushing, okay. Although I tell you what, last fall it drove me insane because I couldn't go visit people. Oh, I'm Which, sure that's so different for you. Yeah, for 20 years, it's like, okay, let's go to a workshop. Let's go to a school. I couldn't do any of that stuff. So I just tried to improvise. And I'm glad that you were able to use that improvisation oh, to, so uh, to be, uh, positive moves. Because again, the book last year was, uh, the book, yeah, last year was just awesome. And yes, there is a lot of writing in this book. Now, you mentioned you like writing. I like writing. I do my own different kinds of forms of writing. I've been telling kids for 20 years, come on, guys, you got to write. The pictures do not tell the whole story. They never will. And normally, most students will give me the eye roll and the glazed look like, he wants me to write? Oh, my gosh. Ugh. How did you, and again, considering the chaos, how did you get these kids to write? How'd you pull it off? Well, Again, I think it helps that I was teaching them to write the year before, and so they were kind of used to my process, you know, where, where we, you know, learn about a type of writing and we go through all the ins and outs of it and go through a process where we learn how to do it. Um, I think one thing that really helped was that I didn't make writing optional for anybody. You know, this wasn't like, if you come in here and you might be a writer or you might be a photographer, I was like, no. We can't, we don't have time for that. We've got too many pages and not enough time. So everybody's a writer. Everybody in this class is a writer. We're all going to learn how to do it and we're all going to get better at it. So, you know, we started with captions and learning all the rules for captions. And I really put them through the ringer on that, especially with their fall page. It was very hard on captions. Um, and then with feature stories, you know, I just had them start writing sample feature stories. And, you know, we um, did parts of it together in class. Um, I gave them all kinds of ideas for leads and, you know, structure and how to gear these stories, but we really treated it like um, we were learning how to write anything in English class, which is, you know, you break it down to its parts and you practice, and you practice, and you practice, and you just do it a lot. Um, I think kids knew that 
if they didn't, if they didn't write, um, there was no chance that they could pass yearbook class. And I don't like to hold ultimatums like that over their head, but I think that they knew that I had high expectations from the start um, and that it was going to be a thing that they had to do, that it was not an option. They couldn't complain their way out of it. They couldn't convince me that it was a bad idea. Um, I was steadfast. And because I was steadfast, they grumbled, but they did it. Um, and eventually they did it so much that it was easy. And they were like, oh yeah, this is like, you know, writing a future story, it takes no time at all. You need quotes, you need transitions, you need a lead, you need a conclusion. They had it down by the end, but um, really it was about not, not being discouraged by how disgruntled they were and just then going in every day and saying, all right, we've got work to do, let's get it done. Let's get this done together. And I mean, I'm, I'm so proud of that. I think a lot of kids came out of yearbook class last year um, with some real journalistic skills that they didn't know that they had. Um, and I don't think that they expected to come away with from yearbook with that kind of knowledge and, and preparation. I was really pleased by what they um, were capable of doing um, at the end of the year and the beginning of the year. Now that is all very interesting. All right. A couple of follow-up questions. Number one, Again, two decades plus of doing this, I, I just sense a lot of yearbook advisors are, I'm going to use the word, afraid of pushing their kids. They're yes. afraid of pushing them. The yes. easy way out when they start that grumbling that you mentioned is, oh, okay, we just won't do it. But you push, all right? Oh, yes. Why were you, I mean, I don't know, why were you not afraid of pushing them? Because clearly it worked. The book is awesome. The kids did the work. Why were you not afraid of pushing them? I think part of it is experience, you know, um, just having 10 years of writing instruction experience under my belt um, and knowing that kids are capable of way more than they think that they are. You know, they will tell you all of them that they can't write. And then when you make them do it, they're like, oh, I, I, I had the wrong perspective on this. I think it's also that um, I... I'd never done it before, and I had challenged myself to make a book that I was proud of, even though I had no idea how to do it. And when I looked at examples, I was like, the best books are about stories. You know, they have real content in them. Um, and I was like, I want Tawanda to be proud of what they produce. I want the kids to be proud of what they produce. And that wasn't gonna happen if we just sat back and took it easy. You know, I, I, and part of it is like my, probably my personality maybe. And believe me, there were definitely people who weren't happy about it. But if you start making a reputation for a class um, that says the people in this class um, are challenged to write and to work hard, um, I think you start to attract a different kind of student who is willing to put in that kind of work and likes to do that kind of thinking. Um, but I, I'm imagining it's going to take me a couple of years before I fully get the grumbles out of the kids before they change their expectations. But um, I know that that process um, eventually works itself out because I've seen it happen over the years. You know, um, if you if you set a standard, um, kids rise to that challenge. I, I don't think that. Um, we give them enough credit for how creative they are and how hardworking they are, how driven they are. Because even kids who don't see themselves as academic kids 
um, you know, they still want to feel pride in their work and they still want to feel like they are striving for excellence, even if they don't, even if they don't talk about it or don't think it, think of it that way. There's a very specific pleasure that comes from um, knowing you did something well. And I, at the end of the year, was able to just like shower them with praise and thanks because they followed me on that journey. It was not, it was not without its pitfalls, I will say, but I do think that it's about um, not being distracted and not losing your own enthusiasm, not losing your own drive because they take their cues from you and how you treat a situation. Um, and so I think that, you know, it's totally possible, but you got to, you got to stick to it. Emily, I think you're always going to have the grumblers. You're yes. always going to have them. You know, the, new, the, the newbies coming in, you're always going to have some grumblers. Uh, just just a, a, an opinion there. But I'm curious, did you have some kids who maybe were grumblers that by the later part of the year doing writing, they thought, hey, this is kind of fun. I like doing this. Did you have them? Definitely. I remember when we started this process at the beginning, I had one kid who I had her last year. She's whip smart, works hard. Um, you know, I think she took yearbook because her friends were taking yearbook and they said, it's an easy, fun class, take yearbook. So when they walked in, they saw me there, they were like, oh no. Um, but she, I, I remember how frustrated and lost she was at the beginning with every part of yearbook and that frustration just slowed her down. She hit a wall and um, her fall page took so long. And, you know, it was a lot of me um, giving her direction and insight and like little pieces to kind of lead her along. But, you know, by the end of the year, when she was doing her spring page, um, it was excellent. It was done before everyone else's. Um, she had really put some deep thought and creativity into her feature story because um, she was always a strong writer. I think it was just about removing that fear of the unknown. Like kids want some stability in writing. They want to know um, that they have like a general structure in their head when they're going in. And I think by the time she had that, you know, she didn't need me anymore. She didn't need those little scaffolding pieces. She could do it on her own. And I could just be like, hey, um, I've got this extra page. Do you want to finish it? So she was finishing extra pages for me while other people were still working on their spring pages at the end of the year. How about that? That's amazing. All right. I love that. All right. Now, earlier you admitted that when it came to designing, you really didn't hardly have any experience at all, which again, that's the norm. I would say for the giant number of yearbook advisors, you know, when they start doing this task, they don't have any design experience of any kind. They just don't. So how did you handle that last year? Or maybe how did you get over that? Because I think your pages look great. How did you, how did you tackle that? Well, on the very first thing that I did was I had the world's best student editor. Um, she had done yearbook the year before. And um, I'm going to be honest, when, you know, the whole world shut down in 2020, um, Blaze kept going. She kept working that um, previous year's yearbook. The only reason it got done was because she worked so hard and knew her stuff inside and out. I mean, I still have to call her and be like, Blaze, I don't remember how to do this thing. Um, can you please help me remember how to do this thing? Like I had great help from the start from a kid who was really experienced. And I, not, I know not every advisor has that, but I would strongly suggest 
you know, finding some strong student leadership to help you troubleshoot, to help you figure things out. Um, the second thing we did was we chose um, pre-made pre layouts in from the, uh, the page server. Is that the one that I'm thinking? My yes, name? yes. We chose pre-made layouts. We um, chose layouts from for each section that we thought worked with each other visually and had common elements. And a lot of that stuff that I, that I figured out how to kind of recognize what I wanted in a layout, I learned from classes with you and from Yearbook Avenue that like invaluable resources, definitely looking at example pages, look at, looking at what other schools did and what I thought looked good. Um, just, but I also just had a magnificent student editor who, you know, we went through, we chose all those layouts. She laid out the whole book. You know, we definitely had to troubleshoot later on and we learned together how to redesign layouts and how to really pull things so that we could make our own together. But that really, that took the whole year. I would highly suggest using the resources that Justin's gives you because it made my life so much easier when I didn't have any knowledge or experience um, making pages or using this, using the programs. Like I cannot suggest it enough, like using those resources. All right, note to rookie advisors. Number one, student editors, absolutely have them. All right, even if it's just one editor-in-chief like Blaze, as she was describing there, uh, or have an editorial structure and give the kids some decision-making responsibility. All right, advisors, you have enough to do. All right, you probably teach English or social studies or science or, or whatever it is you teach. Uh, don't, don't feel like you need to make every single decision. Let the kids make some decisions. Oh, yeah. And when in doubt, we've got a bazillion page templates. I mean, mm -hmm. from very simple to very slick and everything in between, um, talk to your Johnson's representative. They'll be happy to show them to you, help you use them. Um, don't obsess over page layouts, all right? Well, obsess over them. You want them to look good, oh, but, yeah. but if, if you feel like, I'm just not good at this, we got your back. We, we've got the stuff. So anyway, oh, yeah. here we go. We'll get back to our final segment with Emily Hockenberry from Tawanda, Pennsylvania, coming up in just a moment. We're going to talk about promotion, something that a lot of yearbook staffs really overlook. That's not a good thing. Plus, it's a lot of fun. And she's going to give some terrific advice for everybody, but especially for brand new rookie advisors this year. So stay tuned for more on that. Now, especially for Jostin schools, hopefully you are already familiar with Yearbook Plus. If somehow you are not, please immediately call, send a note to your Jostin's representative and say, what's this Yearbook Plus? Yearbook Plus is the next step in your booking. All right, you've got your book, always going to be the number one element. Hopefully, again, you're doing something on social media just to stay in regular touch with your audience all year long. Yearbook Plus is the next step as we sort of wed digital with your book. This is a fantastic Jostin's exclusive. Here's an example, all right, for any yearbook staff out there. Imagine if you could link extra digital images to any page of your book. Think about your book, all right? You've got a spread on, all right, I like football. You got a spread on football. And you've got all these images, well, there's only so much space on a page, right? You can't use all the images there. But boy, wouldn't it be great if we could somehow share out 
those extra images of the football players and games and, and stuff like that, wouldn't that be great? Yearbook Plus can do it. Tying digital images to spreads in your book, easily accessible by any smartphone. Yearbook Plus is not an app. No, we learned the hard way. Apps are sometimes not the right way to go. What well, means it's available anytime, anywhere, on any device, now, five years from now, 10 years from now, and so on. When you have the iPhone 25, you'll be able to easily access Yearbook Plus for your yearbook anywhere, anytime. This is fantastic. That's only half of it. The other half is even more interesting. Imagine if every student in school that is pictured in your book, think the portrait section, imagine if every student in school had the chance to tell their own story with their own pictures, up to 10 of them, always moderated for safety. We don't want any funny business. Now kids have a chance to tell their own story. I can share my own hobbies and my own interests and likes. Picture with me with my family. Picture of me with my, I don't know, boyfriend, girlfriend. Picture of me with my dog or my horse or my favorite pet or whatever it is. Picture of me doing fun things that I like to do. This is an opportunity through Yearbook Plus for every student in your school to say, I want to be remembered. This is me. And it's again attached to their portrait image in your book. Everything is attached to the book. Your book plus is simply amazing. So if you're a Johnson school and you're still not familiar with this yet, oh man, you have got to contact your Johnson's representative to say, hey, give me the details of this yearbook plus. This sounds pretty cool. And then eventually when your yearbook comes out, all your yearbook buyers are going to have their smartphones in hand. They're going to, they're going to specially uh, scan your code. You get a code for this, like a QR code, which we'll put on a page in the book, and then off they go, both now and years into the future, reliving so many great images that you just didn't either have the chance to put in the book because of space, or you didn't even know about individual students telling their own story. Yearbook Plus can truly be a game changer. Again, contact your Jostens representative for more information. Now let's get back to our final segment with Emily Hockenberry. All right, now let's talk about promotion. Now this is an area that most, I'll be, uh, all right, Emily, my observation, this is an area that most yearbook staffs don't do very well. In, in part because, sure. maybe in part because they don't even do it. They just sort of assume that books and ads sell themselves. Right. Folks, it doesn't work that way. All right. Um, how did you handle promotion last year? Well, um, it took us a little while because I wasn't really sure how to successfully reach out to everyone in the district and in the school um, because, you know, communication, people get their information so many different ways this year. And, you know, some people rely on our school website. Some people rely on phone calls home from the school. The kids rely on Schoology, which is um, our platform that we use for all of our instruction. Um, so we really had to try out a bunch of things. We set up an Instagram page. We had um, a Facebook page. We didn't have a ton of success, although we did update them when we had sales and things like that. I found out that I could um, add everyone to a yearbook course on Schoology. And so I could send out updates and send out, oh man, we learned that we could send out polls that way. So we would ask little polling questions to kind of remind people that the yearbook exists and to get their input in the yearbook, get their quotes in the yearbook. Um, but we did a lot of posters around the school. 
um, a lot of calling home um, with, you know, robocalls that the district does when we would have deadlines or sales or things like that for um, buying the book. Um, we did announcements over the loudspeaker system, Schoology stuff, Facebook stuff for parents, really like it really was, um, we tried to, every avenue that we had that we knew that kids listened to or that parents listened to, we tried to use what we could in that sense. Um, sometimes I don't know how successful it is. We also did some parent emailing through Jostens that um, I think was pretty successful. Um, I remember we did at least one series that um, I got lots of contact from parents from, but really I think you gotta find out how people get information in your district because every district is gonna be different. They're all gonna have different platforms. I will say this year, um, I would like to get started earlier with kind of sending out things to kids um, so that they know what's going on. Um, because even aside from just selling yearbooks to get kids to participate in crafting the yearbook and really get it, getting us quotes this year was hard because we couldn't actually go see, see kids a lot. We couldn't actually go to other classrooms um, for long stretches of the year. So we did a lot of electronic um, contacting of kids and got a lot of really excellent content that way as well. So I would highly suggest like figuring out where kids are, um, how they get their information and trying to get them participating um, because then they're not only in the yearbook, they know when all the things are happening, all the sales are happening and the fundraisers. So it really does help if you can find a way to communicate directly with the students. Folks, there are a lot of tools in the box. Use as many tools in the toolbox as you can. All right, but trust me, there's lots of different ways to reach folks. So Emily, I think you nailed it. That, that's really good. All right, now, as we start to wrap things up here, um, again, you're starting your second year now. What are some things that you learned last year, chaos notwithstanding, some things you learned last year, you're definitely going to repeat this year? Okay. Um, I think that one thing that I am going to repeat is that as a class, we kind of decided our direction. Like we um, brainstormed themes together. We voted on them. Um, we brainstormed ideas for pages. Every time we did a page, we did fall, winter, and spring. Every time we did a series of pages, we had a class brainstorming session. We had a master list that you know we were constantly adding to for ideas for pages. Um, I think you know getting them involved in the entire book was. Um, invaluable in that sense, because I had buy-in from kids for that reason. Um, I do think this year, I'm because I'm capable of it now, I'm going to lay out the book a lot sooner and get them started on practice pages within the first week. I think that that's the thing that um, took us a long time with our first set of pages is that the kids were so hesitant with um, Yearbook Avenue and my brain is blanking right now. What's the, um, what is the software that we use for page construction called? Lay Layout Pro. Layout Pro, like they were so hesitant in Layout Pro and I was so hesitant in Layout Pro. It really took me until the end of the year to feel really confident with using Layout Pro. So this year, I'd say I'm gonna start at the very beginning. I didn't do that last year. We did a lot of learning at the beginning, but I was still learning. Now that I know how to do it, um, I think, and I would suggest this to any advisor, 
get on yearbook avenue get on um get on the software and start making pages even practice pages get them taking pictures immediately um, learning the rules for pictures get them getting quotes immediately you know the work of yearbook mostly happens outside of yearbook and I think kids need to get used to that, um, that process of needing to come up with ideas, needing to get pictures and quotes and really do all the nitty gritty work of learning how to put captions in and text boxes and how to crop pictures. You know, really that is, um, I need, they, I think kids need a lot of practice before they can do things on their own and troubleshoot on their own. So until you get them really familiar and comfortable, you're always going to be holding their hands through the process. And, you know, that takes time. It takes time and attention and energy to handhold during a process like that. Um, so I would say, Get them working on pages as fast as you can um, and start setting your standards for pages at the beginning of the year. How are you gonna format things? Um, how much space do you want between pictures and captions? How do you want them to format them? What fonts do you want them to use? You know, really teach them all of those basics at the beginning and hit them hard so that when they're actually in the grind of making pages, um, you don't have to be the one that has to remind them how to change a font size or you know, how to get the correct font or how to do those little things that make the whole process faster. All right, now be honest. Was mm -hmm. there something last year that was just a clunker? I am not gonna do that again. Was there anything that clunked? She's thinking. Oh, there were probably plenty of clunks. <laughs> um, there were a couple of page ideas that we had that just, I think the problem was that I, we liked the idea for the pages and the kids generally liked the idea for the page. But then we were, when we were assigning pages, a kid that was assigned it didn't really like the idea, especially if the kid was, if it was a page like we did, um, we did a New Year's resolution page um, or after Christmas um, and went around and interviewed people. And, you know, it was like a lot of little quick, quick little pictures and quotes and things like that. And I gave it to a kid who I was like, she's going to knock it out of the park. She's so social. She's going to get those quotes and those pictures in a week and it's going to be a done deal. And it took her a long time because she had to talk to people that weren't in her friend group. And she was not comfortable with that. And I didn't realize that. So I think part of it was that like, I would come up with these great ideas and then try to kind of force them on the kids. Um, if, if, you know, it had to be that way. And now I feel like I want to give them a little bit more choice in that. And I, I know, I think I need to know um, my kids a little bit better, maybe talk to them a little bit more before I give them an idea like that, something that's going to push them outside of their comfort zone. Um, you know, and that was my fault because I, I, I made assumptions based on what I knew about a kid. Um, and then we had to turn it around and um, troubleshoot when she was a couple weeks behind. So it really, um, you know, I, I think that giving kids the option to say, I'm not into this idea. Can I do something else? I've got this other idea. Or can I get some help? I need a person. I'm having a hard time getting this done. Um, can I get a person to help me with the legwork for this? I think, you know, kids need to know that you are flexible. And sometimes it was a little hard for me to be flexible because I was trying to like set a, set a standard. And I didn't want kids to think that, you know, um, 
the work was optional. But sometimes a kid needs an adjustment. You know, a kid needs some flexibility. And I, I think that that's something that I'm definitely going to do a little bit differently this year. It's not maybe not stick to my guns in that sense when it comes to page topics and really give kids a little bit more freedom so that and lose a little control myself so that they can um, feel uh, attached to the work that they're doing. Folks, to use a baseball analogy, sometimes you step up there and you swing and miss. Happens to everybody. Yes. You swing and miss. And that's okay. You get back up and you swing again until Absolutely. you get a hit. And then you get another hit and you're doing great. So there we go. Emily, final question. All right. Uh, again, assuming we have some brand new rookie advisors listening who are thinking, why did I sign up for this? Um, some quick advice just to help them keep their sanity this year. What would you tell them? Um, I think you've got to have a master plan at least a month at a time. Um, I'm not saying that you have to have the whole picture of what the book needs to look like from beginning to end when you start. I think that um, one thing that would have helped me is to go month by month and really have a plan for what needed to be accomplished when it came to um, when it came to pictures, you know, setting class pictures and things like that, really, um, when it came to photographing events, um, it really is one of those jobs that you have to be incredibly organized. And if you're not a naturally organized person, I completely understand. I am not a naturally organized person. I am a creative in my head person. So that organization doesn't come naturally to me. But um, when I finally did get a really good process going for scheduling and for knowing where we were in the process, it made my life so much easier, so much easier really to like look at a month and be like, okay, here are the things that we need to accomplish. Here's when they need to be accomplished and to keep the kids looped in on those things as well, because they will help you remember deadlines deadlines and keep track of things. They're really good about, about that. Um, I definitely think you can't let yourself, you can't let yourself get behind. Um, and I know that that's the truth with everything in teaching that, you know, you've got to be on top of your game. Um, but I think that, um, you know, I have a tendency sometimes to prioritize what is immediately, immediately due over something that's long-term and everything in yearbook is long-term. You know, you're thinking of the scope of the whole year. Um, so I think, you know, getting organized, knowing your schedule, um, pushing yourself to keep up with certain um, kind of practical tasks along the way. Um, I think, you know, I, I, I would also highly encourage you to know what kids are writing, not when they're done writing it, but while they're writing it. You know, give them little checkpoints where they've got to have rough drafts, when they've got to have so many captions done. Um, because if you wait until the end to see what they do for like a whole page, that's a lot of editing that you're going to have to do eventually. And that editing, while kids can help you and should help you with that editing, I mean, there's not really a replacement for putting a pair of adult eyes on something. So if you would like to lessen your workload, I would say be um, involved in the writing process, in the crafting process of pages at every step so that you're not being surprised at the end of a process with a page that is, needs a lot of attention and needs a lot of work. Um, I think I learned that lesson with our first set of pages with the fall pages, really like, um, I think if I think the tendency is to want to make yearbook kinds of 
hands-off class for an advisor. And I think that that's possible when you have a lot of really experienced kids and an experienced advisor in some ways. But for a new advisor and for new kids, I would highly suggest like just rolling your sleeves up and knowing what they're doing. Have individual conference with, conferences with them, look at their pages, read their writing. If you do it along the way, it's so much easier. If you wait until the end, you're gonna be committing a lot of hours to really staring at those pages by yourself. Use your kids, use them as a resource, you know, help, have them help you with these checkpoints. Um, but you're gonna thank yourself if you are involved with what they're doing, if you are in that process and you know where they're at and what they have accomplished to that point. Emily, you have shared so much good advice here. Oh my gosh, this is a good one. And I am really looking forward to seeing what your group does this new year after Thank last you. year. I'm really looking to this. So Emily, we're done. I appreciate your time. Awesome. Today. Thank you so very much for joining us. You're welcome. It was a pleasure, definitely. Boy, a big thank you again to my friend Emily Hockenberry from Tawanda, Pennsylvania. And again, as you heard earlier in the episode, I have actually yet to meet Emily, like physically meet her, because here in Pennsylvania last year, no visitors, I was not allowed to enter school buildings. Now, that's going to change, I hope, for this fall and so on. So I'm looking forward to actually meeting Emily, not just on Zoom. Uh, she's going to do a great job. I cannot wait to see what she and her staff do with their yearbook this year. And I can say for all of us, we can't wait to see what you do with your yearbooking effort. Let's get off to a great start. We have a lot of great episodes, once again, coming up with the yearbooking report. So we hope you check us out every single month, and we appreciate you doing so. Thanks again for listening to the Yearbooking Report podcast. Mm -hmm.